to me, theater and the energy that comes from musical theater is, that's a lot of what I do professionally is musical theater. I've started branching out into plays, which I'll get into in a second. But my real love is musicals. And there's just something about a cast and creating something and presenting it to people and just leaving it all on the stage, like, is amazing. Zenya here. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're talking about art, theater, film, mental health, and Black and female stories with Mookie Van Orden. But before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, press that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on episodes. And head on over to patreon.com slash Xenia to join the fam and help keep this show going every single week and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes content, and early access for my music and writing. Again, that's patreon.com slash X-E-N-J-A. Your support means the absolute world to me. Mookie Van Orden is an educator, writer, actress, director, artist, and mental illness survivor. She is currently working as a coordinator for a childcare program and is involved in multiple theater and performing arts companies. Black stories, female stories, mental illness, and the inclusion of marginalized voices are paramount to Mookie's process and artistic works. She is currently working on a filmed production of a new work, Kill Move Paradise by James I. James for the Paul Robinson Performing Arts Company. Hi Mookie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to see you. I don't think I've seen you in like five years. It's definitely been a minute, but it's so good to see you. Yes, I like, okay, so I like to start with uh, just sharing how my guests and I have met. And we actually met at Timberline Knowles Treatment Center because we were both hot messes at points in our lives. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm still a hot mess. Um, Don't know about you, but I'm definitely still a hot mess and it's fine. Yeah, me too. A little better than I was back then. Yeah. Thank God. But I mean, whose life isn't a hot mess right now? Actually, though, that's very true. And I'm just I'm so grateful that we've stayed in touch this many years past that. Like there there are not a lot of people that I've stayed in touch with from from TK. And so I'm blessed to be able to still talk to you and count you as a friend and you're literally the person that I send all of my music to and I'm like is this terrible and it's all amazing you should all go but that's besides the fact I'm pretty sure when we were in treatment together did I sing with you did we sing together we did we sang uh we did okay wicked yeah yes and then someone (laughs) someone was like oh my gosh, you sound like Elsa from Frozen. And I was like, you mean yeah. Adina Menzel, who was also in Wicked and sang the song we're singing? <laughs> yes. 
That was so good. I was thinking about, um, do you remember doing the talent show that we had? We yes, had an I'm pretty impromptu sure talent show. That was the first time you sang. I think we we sang together for like, like a, I don't know, good night meeting or something, whatever that was. Just like thinking about where we were five years ago to where we are now. Like so much has happened, so much growth, there's so much change. It's really like I'm I'm amazed with both of us. We're great. So many setbacks, but <laughs> still moving forward. <laughs> moving forward every day. Baby steps still move you forward. That's and I'm saying that out loud so that I remind myself of that. Okay, Mookie, can we start with just what brought you to the arts in general? I've always just been very attracted to music. It all started with music was my thing. Like even when I was little, I was just always playing things on repeat. I all the movies I watched were musicals, you know, Disney movies, anything that had songs in it. And then that began my love affair with choir when I started school, like doing chorus and like any chorus that I could and starting new choirs and doing all sorts of things. And so it all started with singing, which then eventually led to musical theater. And that's a lot of what I did for a really long time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're such a talented singer. Like I, let's record something together after all these years. (laughs) Because everybody needs to hear your voice. Um, But like, what does, what does art bring to you? What does it mean to you? That's a really hard question to answer because I don't know what I would do without it. Like just everything in my life, like it sounds weird, but like just lives by a soundtrack. Like if I'm not actively listening to music, it's playing nonstop in my head, even if it's just a nonsensical song. I'm telling you, I did Annie (laughs) in 2019 in December and I've had It's a Hard Knock Life randomly stuck in my head since then <laughs> but there's just always something playing like just it brings me peace it brings me it calms me it centers me focuses me I don't know it does everything do you find because I I'm this way do you find that like you can express emotions through songs like just listening to a song and you're just like, yeah, yep. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I'm feeling. Facts. Yes. 100%. And then I'm also a huge lyrics person because another part of me is that I'm a writer. I love writing. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like just music and lyrics. Just yeah. You should be a songwriter, dude. I try. I don't know how to Me write. Too. I, don't know, I don't know how to write music. That is my problem. I would love to be a songwriter. I just and I like don't play an instrument, so like it's just not. That's actually <laughs> that's why I went into electronic because I don't play instruments, and it's just like we're just gonna slap some beats together, and and you know what, it works. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Um, okay, so do you so you started with singing? That's your like main thing. What other types of art do you do? Um, well, I write, like I said, I do a lot of writing 
and I'm not like any good at it, but like for my own self, <laughs> whatever. I love painting. I do a lot of painting. And that's just something that to me is just kind of like, I don't know, it calms me. Painting, I I forget where I heard this, but I heard like painting is well like like one of those like repetitive like movement therapy kind of deals so the fact that it calms you yeah it doesn't surprise me Mm -hmm. okay let's chat mental health because i also just that was an amazing segue to be able to chat mental health and self-care oh my gosh okay so just like given where we met um and and knowing you throughout the years i know mental health is important to, to both of us and i'm just curious like How does art help you with your mental health? It gives me a place to put negative thoughts or emotions that doesn't harm me. I'm someone that comes from a background where I took a lot of my emotions out on myself. And art and music and painting and writing is just all kind of turned into a place where that stuff can, it's almost like a physical, like leaving your body like wanting to get it out somehow and so it's a lot <laughs> less detrimental to my health <laughs> yes to express myself this way but I mean like you know like it saves my life like I if I continue to express myself the way I was like I wouldn't still be here and so that's a way where I can still keep myself safe but feel what I need to feel in a constructive way. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find sometimes that if you're pursuing a project for like a job or for like a professional company versus just like for not just, but versus for self-care and and as expression and there's no like pressure on it, do you do you find that there's a difference in in your experience there? When I'm working with a company, that's such a great question. It definitely is. When I'm doing my own personal thing, it's way more about me and for me. And when I'm working in a company or with a company or on stage or backstage or wherever I'm doing, that's a whole different world. Like, yeah. <laughs> completely life-saving in, an, in another way. Like, to me, theater and the energy that comes from musical theater is, that's a lot of what I do professionally is musical theater. I've started branching out into plays, which I'll get into in a second. But my real love is musicals. And there's just something about a cast and creating something and presenting it to people and just leaving it all on the stage, like, is amazing. There's having experience that there's no other feeling in the world like it it's healing for me it doesn't necessarily have to be connected to mental health or like like the piece that I'm working on just being in I think just kind of what I was saying before being involved in something like that is to me life affirming and like makes it all worth it like there's a subsect of people that like for us, this is like our lifeblood. And like my professional job in the real world is not in theater. Like it's in childcare because 
It just is. But like knowing that I can go to a community theater at night and work on a show or like there are companies in the city that I work in that are trying to add more voices to their companies and like are asking me to do this. Like, it's amazing having any little bit of that in my life is like a stronghold. Like it's what I need. Yeah. Community's life-saving sometimes. It really is. It's so important. I think that was like a, like I found community this year because everything went online. And like, so like having, like not having it and then having it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It makes, it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Does, do you find that art can ever hinder your mental health? Like if you're watching like a TV show or a certain type of like, I don't know, genre that maybe would negatively affect your mental health? Yes, but it just depends on where I'm at at that time. Like I could watch something today and be totally okay. But like next week, if I watched, you know, the same thing and I just wasn't okay, it would be a completely different story. And so a lot of that is just like your own accountability for your mental health. And like knowing these, like, like I've turned off TV shows and movies before. So I'm like, I just can't right now. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, that's this, I can't do this right now. And so I've had to do that. And like, I've had that experience in the past where like, I wasn't doing so well or like, that was the kind of thing I would look for, like, because it just affirmed how I was feeling instead of me trying to counteract how I was feeling. And so, yes, it definitely does. Yeah. I, I kind of switched around my Instagram account so that my feed, what like will show up are stuff that builds me up instead of stuff that I'm just going to like go and compare myself and, and like go down that rabbit hole. And I found sometimes when I'm in that mood, I'll be like scrolling. Cause I'm just like, I'm, blah, 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 I'm just in it. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I'll get mad because what's up, like popping up are the, all these like positive, mm-hmm. like self affirmations. And I'm like, no, I want <laughs> to feel bad. I want to like, and then, and then I can't like I can't help but laugh at those moments. So I'm just like, this is ridiculous. This is literally ridiculous. Well, a lot of us do it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's that shows a lot of strength that you will turn a TV show or a movie off, like if and like not force yourself to sit through it. Because I've definitely forced myself to sit through things that were negatively affecting me and it only got worse. And yeah, so that's props to you for doing that. There was a time I just remember last summer when all of this racial reckoning was going on and like there was, it was a very difficult time for me. And like, I was struggling a lot during that time, just with all the different facets of what was going on. And I just remember there was um, a show that came out on Netflix that everyone was hyping up. And like, I watched one episode of it and I was like, I'm just not in a place. I can't watch this right now. I was like, I can't just, and uh, for me, it's not hard though. I'm like, I don't want to sit in that anymore. And I know that I'm vulnerable to it. Like, 
that's what it is. It's kind of turned into a like, why am I so emotional to like, how can I keep myself from being so emotional? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that awareness is huge. That's, I mean, people say, and I say this too, like awareness is half the battle. Yes, yes, for sure. Can we chat about how art can be a form of therapy and how I think both you and I have experienced um, how there are a lot of like current, you know, treatments that really just don't help uh, and will often fail a lot of people. Um, And so like having to kind of, you know, figure out our own ways of healing and and methods of self-care. Art's, I think, a mutual one for us. Yeah. And like so many different types of art like I was talking to someone about this uh interview before and they were like well oh like I thought you were just talking about like singers and I was like well no like there's like all different ty- like not just like an artist like any type of artist and so for me something that like I'm not a good dancer or anything but like I love learning dances and doing dances and like working in a group and doing that but to me that's cathartic and like I love it and so I just think anything that makes you feel good like and if it's a for you type of way you don't even have to be good at it like yeah that's that's a big thing. So I'm recently started uh, working through the artist's way, and it talks a lot about like just do art for art's sake, you know, like be bad at it, do shitty first drafts of things. It's, yeah. it's like we're so focused, and I'm guilty of this 100%. Being so focused on the product and like doing something for the result of it, but the joy and like the healing comes from doing the art for the sake of doing the art. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we talk about the importance of black and female stories in art and how can like art be a gateway for more of that? Um, I think that this is a great time for women and black women to get in on this because we've made our voices heard and people are listening. And I think we've all seen in the past that people listen for a while and then they don't. So I always believe that like jump on these opportunities when you can. And so I just think, and I've talked to people in the industry about it, that they're just little things, little decisions, little nuances all the time that people don't realize because there isn't a person of color in the room for like all different types of things. Like, you know, when the way directors approach talking about people's hair, the way directors approach what type of music they're sampling for the show, like all different, like how people, how you light people of color on stage. Like those are all things that unless like, you know, you don't know. And so it's, something a lot of us have a lot of expertise on and should be consulted about. And so I think in that aspect, it's very important for voice, like voices of color to be heard. And in that matter, like all voices that are minorities need (laughs) their voices heard. And as for 
how I view it, the writing side of it. I just think that there are a lot of stories that have been written about Black women that were not written by Black women. And those are the stories that people need to hear. The Black woman is an amazing person, like, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So I just think it's an opportune time where at least where I am and what I'm kind of seeing reflected is that people want to hear our stories. And so I say, let's go out and give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How can, how can art kind of like provide a safe place to share stories? I don't know if it is all the time. Sometimes I think that it's not the safest place. And I'm actually, I can't say too much about it, but I'm putting up a show later this year that like I imagine is going to be protested. Like, like I don't know if it's like the, like I don't think it's necessarily dangerous, but like I don't think it, it will be appreciated by everybody. And mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be the story that people want to hear. And I think that there's a lot of plays and a lot of theater like that. And I think to me, I think like that's really good theater. Like we all love, you know, happy musicals and great things going on on stage and like kick lines. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like theater, like, you know, is there to tell stories and like some plays really tell stories and like are wide, like wildly unpopular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I recommend looking up slave play, which when you read the description, even I was like, okay. And then I read it and I was still like, okay, but it's a story that people wanted out there and it's, it's, that's people's experience. And so I believe who am I to judge anybody? Not everybody has that mentality, but yeah. I I heard this quote recently and it was something along the lines of every story we want to write wants to be written. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. So it's, it's, I 100% agree. Like stories and, and our stories and diverse stories need to be told. And like, we are all, unique there's like no one else on the planet like you or like me or like anybody else and that if we don't tell our own stories nobody else will yes and and I think that it can be a safe space because the people that really need to hear your story will make it a safe place for you because those are the people like the people who don't the people who disagree with you your lifestyle your history your story who you are, anything, like, don't matter. Like, the people that make it a safe space are the people that come to the theater, hear your story, and accept it for what it is. Yeah. I feel like, too, a lot of the time, people just want something to be angry about and want something to, like, complain about and and just, like, hate. And so it doesn't matter what it is, they're always going to find something to be mad about. Yeah. What are some of the barriers that Black and female voices still face? For so long, it hasn't been a place for Black women. 
it's kind of just like we need we need to start building a new generation, a new wave of voices. It's just, you know, I think and I also think that <laughs> to be honest, the publishing companies, the people who own these theaters, the people who pick the seasons, the people who cast the shows, like it's not just on black voices. Like we have always been talented. We've always been writing our stories and we've always been here and it's just the obstacles that have been in our way to make it harder and like obviously we've like people have jumped them but it needs to be more we need more black shows we need more shows produced by people of color we need more black choreographers we need more black directors yeah yeah it's like all around and like we live in a world where money talks so if you own a theater let's start hiring black people <laughs> yeah people on it <laughs> do you want to talk about um the film you're working on yes we i am uh filming a show it was originally supposed to obviously be a play but covid so <laughs> we are filming it um in a black box and then we are going to be streaming it and so it's a play about three men and a boy who meet in this kind of afterlife, like um, afterlife waiting room. And they kind of don't really know why they're there. And so as you watch the play, you find out that these black men have all been the um, victims of police brutality and have died from it. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way of looking at these stories in a way that celebrates who these men are. And let me tell you, the characters are amazing. The actors are amazing. Um, they do a really good job and it's a way of them asking and like pleading America and the world and anyone who will listen, like, how do we have to tell you these stories over and over, over and over and over and over and over again? Like, how do you need to hear it to finally get it? Do you need us to tell it this way? Do you need us to tell it this way? And it's a really interesting piece. Um, I think it's going to be really great and I hope you guys tune in. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. When is it streaming? It streams April 9th to, I want to say the 20th, but don't quote me on that till it's in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's soon. What uh, What was your role in it? Um, I'm the assistant director. And Ooh. so this is for the Paul Robeson Theater Company in Syracuse. And it's an all-Black theater. And so we've recently started doing shows again. This is our first one after a little bit of a hiatus. So we're very excited and there will be much more to come. Yes. Oh my gosh. And keep us posted on that. Are you working on any other projects that you can talk about? <laughs> I wish I could talk about this. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? You can come on again and we'll, we'll chat when okay, you can talk about it. Yeah. It's gonna be um yes actually with again with the paul robeson company this hasn't been like confirmed yet but we're in talking about it and i always love speaking things into reality um <laughs> but one of my dream shows to do and what i hope to do with this company if we can make it happen is to do the show next to normal with an all-black cast mm. so i don't know if you know that show or not I, i've heard of it but i don't really know anything about it it is a story about mental health and mental illness and like serious mental illness. And so 
I've seen it many times and I've never seen it done by a cast of color. And so that's a project I would love to take on. We'll see how that comes. But that's it for now. Yeah. Ah, oh my gosh. I love you so much. Is there it anything? Nice to be working on something again after a year of doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. It's been it's been a hot second since I was involved in theater. I kind of miss it. <laughs> she got involved again. I know. Okay. So final five is uh, technically speed round. However, it is rarely speed round. <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't, don't worry if it's uh, long answers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Question number one, what's your favorite musical? Okay. So that's an unfair question. <laughs> I just want out before we started. Um, <laughs> I hear you. And your answer is? Okay, so like if I had to pick one, it would be Aida. I love Aida. It's just been like since I was young, just like just a, a love of mine. I love the music. I love the story. I'm an overall romantic. I don't know. <laughs> but like a dark romantic. <laughs> like it's yes. right up my ass. Real morbid. <laughs> like it's my shit. So I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. Yes, you can okay. absolutely like, swear. That's my shit. So I was about it. And, but there's like so many more. I know, I know. I know it's an unfair question. <laughs> do, do you want to, do you want to have a, a second and third answer? Sure. That's still hard. So I have to do like, I have to do like right now. So like, cause it changes a lot. So I would say, but like some like real classics that I enjoy um, high School Musical, High School Musical 2. <laughs> that would not make my top five. No. <laughs> I love Les Mis. Ooh. Not the movie. Don't watch that. Watch old concert versions on, uh, on YouTube. Um, I love Les Mis. That's an amazing one. And so like then my new, like, my new favorite, I love Six. I saw it for my birthday in 2020 and like right before it closed and it was amazing i have not seen any of them so don't them hate me but I, yeah I'll let them all up we also <laughs> have to go see harry potter and the cursed child yes live. i would love to that to yeah. one of those because <laughs> i did see it in theater and i was blown away i read the script and i was like this is trash and then i saw it in theater and i was like this is the most magical thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so oh, I want to see it so bad. Yeah. And the, oh my God, the score. Have you heard the score? I haven't. It is beautiful. Like, just listen to the score in okay. preparation for us going. It is, oh, it's so good. Okay. All right. Oh, um, second, add an, wait, hold yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Add another musical to the top first question that I would love, want you to look up. Bear a pop opera. Ooh, okay. Amazing. I'm still okay. leaving it. Get out. <laughs> okay. Um, second question. Who are your top artistic influences? Okay. Um, okay. So I do have to pick. I loved <laughs> Lovato. 
Like, yeah. as you know, like in an unhealthy way, but, <laughs> but like, I like, and honestly, I really do respect her. And so like, she's just been on my mind a lot recently with her new documentary coming out. And I've just been like, go off. Like she yeah. is such an inspiration to me always. And like her candidness in her songs has like inspired me to be more candid in what I write. And I'm like, I can't believe she's just saying this for everyone. I'm like, I could fucking write what I want, right? Like, so she lately, I've just been like kind of letting go a little bit because of her. Um, I love Amy Winehouse, like the jazz influences, but like, also, I'm attracted to a dark soul. She is beautiful and amazing, and I love her, and I miss her, and rest in peace. And play-wise, I really always liked August Wilson and his... I love all his plays, but I just love how he writes about people we all know. Like, you know what I mean? Just, like, they always they feel familiar no matter who they are, like, whatever character it is. And so I've really liked... I've kind of strove for that in my writing as well. Mm. I love that. Uh, what advice do you have for struggling artists? Um, I think that if you think you can do it, you can do it. Um, I'm not somebody who necessarily needs to do art as a profession. I think that's something I would love to do if the opportunity came up, but I'm someone who's just fallen into like the fail safe. And, like, I know that, like, I'm in a safer profession and, like, that's just something that I need for me. But I think that if that's what you want to do, do it. Like, I like I just think that that's something that's so brave that so many people wish they could do. So, like, go out and do it. And yeah. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I think that if you. I know a lot of people that do it and it's the best decision they've ever made. And I think that you won't know if you're made for that or not, unless you try it. Yeah. All right. Fourth question. What advice do you have for someone struggling with mental health? Um, first of all, I love you. Me too. <laughs> and I think that my advice would be that I was always someone that when someone would say, you know, if you need anything, like reach out. And I would be like, okay. <laughs> and I never did. It's something that I look back on and I go, I really wish I did that because then I end up doing something that every single time that like I regret or I've hurt someone I didn't want to hurt or I've let myself down or disappointed in myself. And so that's just, those are just always moments where like, especially if it's someone you really trust and love and like a genuine person and like they've offered you that hand, like, you know, when they need it or not. And like, so now I kind of think about how when I offer that hand out, I always mean it. And so I try to remind myself of that when other people do that to me, like. There's lots of people that don't do that. <laughs> like, I try to remind myself they do mean it. And so I think that would be my advice. Yeah, I like that. What's Sorry, the... I'm all. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl, you're totally fine. <laughs> I'm, I don't understand why I have a podcast because I'm 
one of the worst vocal communicators ever. (laughs) So it is fine. (laughs) Um, What's the best and worst advice you've received about mental health? I think some of the worst advice that I've received about mental health in my personal life and opinion um, for me is that I'm someone who is a big sharer of what's a lot of what's happened to me and a lot of my experiences and my diagnoses and all that. And I've heard like, you shouldn't put that on social media. You shouldn't say that. You shouldn't say that. And so for some people that may be like a genuine safety concern or like a genuine concern for custody or like something very serious in your life. And so I'm not speaking on anybody not doing that. But for me personally, like, it just felt more like keeping it a secret and like pretending. And then I found that once I did that, a lot of people started reaching out to me and being like, I get it. I identify like you helped me and like, they started doing it. And so for me, it's only been a positive thing. And like, I'm lucky in that respect that nobody's been particularly negative, except for saying like, well, you know, people are going to judge you. Like, okay, well, I'm sorry. People judge me every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So much of my life is concerned about what other people think of me that like, I know that I have mental illness and I know that I'm a little bit crazy and I know that I need support. And like, I'm just tired of pretending to be perfect when I'm very clearly like not. And so like the only person I was lying to was myself. So I just feel like, that's where I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Would you say that some of the best advice is to be your authentic self? Yeah. I think, I think the best piece of advice that I ever got was, I don't know, I've gotten a lot of advice in my life. And I was thinking about this earlier, like the best piece of advice that I've gotten. And I think that I'm a person that is so sensitive. And so concerned with like if someone's mad at me what someone thinks about me like what someone meant by what they said and like it consumes me and so I think the best piece of advice was someone told me well like you know you really need to sit down and like does this person you're talking about your mother your significant other your sister like in the heat of your moment and in your emotions yes you might have felt like threatened or hurt by them but Like, does this person really love you? Like, are they really out to hurt you? Like, do you honestly think? And like, it's just that step back for a second before you react or before you think what you think or before you do what you do. Or you just, I think what it gets down to is that I really had to, and I think it was at Timberline Knowles, was learn, really label my thinking as rational or irrational thinking. And then that's Mm. how I started talking. And I would say, I know it's irrational, but this is what I'm feeling. And then I could say whatever I wanted to say. I feel like you hate me. I feel like you don't love me anymore. And I feel like you're going to leave instead of saying those things without the preface of, I know this is irrational. Because if you just say those things, they're going to be like, well, you're whatever they're going to say. And so I really think, so I would say that, yes, the best advice I got was learning how to label my thinking as rational versus irrational. And then that helped me make decisions on how I approach things. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming You're on. You're welcome. That was fun. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed your time today. Please take a minute to press that subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play. And if you liked today's episode, please rate and leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it helps more listeners like you find this podcast. You can connect with our guests and myself on social media. All of our information and more is listed in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Senya. See you next time.